When you've got questions, he always has an answer. It's Sean Hannity. This afternoon at 2, right before Joe Walsh at 5, on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. It's uh, an international story that we've been discussing all week. The confrontation at the Lincoln Memorial precipitated by ignorant rhetoric from the Black Hebrews group that prompted a professional agitator and Nathan Phillips, Native American, and some of his cohorts to confront Catholic schoolboys from Covington, Kentucky, and um, engender the loss of consortium, the loss of good sense, the loss of restraint, not on the cultural Marxist left, that's expected, but in so many Catholic and conservative circles. And so this week has been punctuated with apologies and think pieces about the future of journalism. And frankly, the debate still rages because the left has a narrative that they're sticking to when we've talked about it with particular op-eds. That, uh, no, the Covington Catholic school boys were in the wrong. And they do represent all of those things that so many outlets by the way, including the representatives of their own diocese, said they represented with their conduct. Well, how about a first-person account? I don't know how many of you have watched how much of the video that is available on the incident at the Lincoln Memorial. But uh, if you've watched uh, the precipitating event, I would say, that sort of set off this chain reaction, there is a priest who is being accosted verbally by the Black Hebrews group. And it, that priest's name is Monsignor Pat Hamborough, who's the pastor at St. Mark Catholic Church in St. Louis, Missouri. And he joins us now with a first-person account of actually what went down in real time. Monsignor, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Um, so uh, why don't you just kind of take us through what happened to start uh, your at the March for Life, as were these Covington Catholic School kids. And uh, you're, uh, I don't know if you were waiting for a bus or what exactly you were doing, but uh, uh, what happened that sort of uh, provided the intersection between you and the Covington School Boys? So we had dropped off our kids at the Lincoln Memorial uh, and gave them 45 minutes to go to the Korean War Memorial, the Vietnam War Memorial. They're all proximate to that place. And I was by myself. I was. I had visited those two war memorials. I was walking back across the square in front of the Lincoln Memorial, and I heard this shouting, this yelling, and so I went over to investigate. Those were the Black Hebrew Israelites, and they were they were venting uh, pretty uh, awful stuff about a number of groups. And I was just listening. us maybe thirty feet or so from them, and and all of a sudden the man turns to me, uh, looks at me, uh, calls me. Uh, a child molester uh, calls me a gay priest, uh, though he put it in more graphic terms than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, other guys then started calling me Father Hands, Father Hands, and, and I'm standing there thinking, gee, I just walked up. You know, I didn't do anything wrong here. <laughs> and they're, they're verbally accosting me, as you said. So at that point, and when the insults were being leveled, and just after they were finished uh, insulting me, and then they began to insult the Catholic Church. 
the boys from Covington Catholic came over to me. They were standing off to my left some, and I was just so impressed, so touched that they rushed over in a group, maybe 15 or so, hands outstretched, shaking my hand, telling me, uh, we're behind you, Father. We encourage you, Father. One young man mentioned uh, his uncle's a priest in Cincinnati, and I know what you're going through, Father. And I was just uh, really touched by that. So when did they start directing their attention toward the kids? Pardon me? So what what happened after that? Well, after that, uh, the, uh, there was another African-American man, as as uh, the boys were talking to me and we were, we were conversing, another African-American man uh, challenged the black Hebrew Israelites, uh, talking about how you know, they shouldn't be saying such things about anybody. And then they leveled their, their insults at him. They called him an Uncle Tom, and, and, and things started to get heated, uh, anger. You know, I, it was a, little, a concern of a fight. And some of our chaperones, some of our kids had walked up onto the scene, and, and we started saying, okay, we need to go, because we were within minutes of having to catch our own bus. It was getting close to 5 o'clock. It was getting dark. So... At that point, uh, the, that's when the young men started chanting uh, louder or their school songs or whatever they were saying, uh, I think to drown out the, the Hebrew Israelites and to kind of calm things down with, with this uh, boiling tension between the single African-American man and, and the group. And then so, uh, so that's going on, the chanting starts, and then when does Nathan Phillips and his, colli- his colleagues well, within, enter? Well, within minutes, uh, they started walking over to the, uh, to the situation. Two guys, uh, if I remember, two guys with the drum, Nathan Phillips was one of them, and then there was a, another man behind him, and Nathan Phillips then walked over to the group. That's about the time our group started moving away from the, from the area, uh, but I could hear behind me the, the, the beating drum and the chanting going on, the, the kids uh, shouting out whatever their, their school stuff, you know. But, but I mean, this is an important point because it, it seems to be irrefutable on video, but it's still being refuted in certain media circles. Nathan Phillips and his colleague, one guy, I guess you said, walked over to the kids. It wasn't the other way around. They didn't encircle him and uh, give him no out, as was one of his initial stories. Oh no, no, they no, not at all. No, he he walked over to them and and kind of moved in between the kids and uh, uh-huh. as he was uh, beating on his drum. Do you think his heart was in the right place, or he was just why? Why do you think he inserted himself? I think maybe his heart was in the right place. The only thing I would have said to him is that you know if you're going to go over there and start beating the drum, try and tell somebody why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it'd been really helpful if he had just walked over and said, "Guys, you know, in my tradition, uh, here's something we do to bring peace to situations. There's this particular way of beating this drum, or particular words I'm going to say that are more like a prayer. Kids would have respected something like a prayer, but when you just start beating the drum and don't say anything, well, then the reaction is going to be different. Uh, by the time you and uh, your kids were leaving the situation, what, what, what were the black Hebrews doing? Had, had they sort of been uh, relegated to an ancillary issue, and now the issue was the Covington boys and the Native Americans? Well, I think they were still yelling. Okay. From, you know, there was just a lot of yelling going on. There was a lot of noise, a lot of racket, and that was unsettling, which is one reason our chaperones wanted to get 
our kids way. Some of our kids are in eighth grade still, so sure. they don't need to, to hear the yelling and, and the, the insults that were being tossed back and forth. I don't think anything was going to keep the Hebrew Israelites quiet. They were they were pretty determined to, to make their voices heard. So subsequent to what you experienced first person and then, you know, what you came to learn like we all did about some of the immediate reaction to what you're describing actually happened, uh, what was your what was your take on some of the responses from Catholic quarters to the, the Well, I was disappointed in that. Well, I was disappointed first in myself, because the first thing that I saw on Sunday morning was the tape that was put out by the Huffington Post, and I was upset. And I said to the other priest and the, the deacon we have here from the seminary that works at our parish on weekends, I said, I think I should call Covington and tell them there's something good that happened. Because we were all looking at something bad, mm-hmm. and the way it was put out there, it was slanted to make it bad. And I was, you know, I think I should call and tell them that these boys did something good. They were very good to me, and I want to let people in coming to know that. And then, of course, as the narrative expanded, and you saw the the true motive of the boys, and that I felt a little bit embarrassed myself that I didn't immediately stand up for them. Uh, but I do, I, and I rushed to judgment, so I think so did the, their school and so did their, their diocese, uh, and that's a mistake we made. Uh, but I did immediately want to make them know that these boys were very, when the priesthood was insulted, when I was insulted, when our church was insulted, these boys came over and gave encouragement and gave support, and I am very thankful for that. Yeah, and thanks for sharing your story. Have you uh, reached out to them? You know, are you going to reach out to them in the future? I let tried, them know what their kids them, did? Well, I left a message with their bishop. Uh, a friend of mine knows their bishop, uh, and he let, he gave me his number, and I left a message with him uh, a day or two ago just to tell him that this good thing had happened. He has not called me back. Hmm. As the pastor of a, a Catholic parish in St. Louis, um, what's your takeaway from this incident and the, the last week of coverage and discussion and debate in terms of um, how Catholic schools, how the Catholic Church is being treated both internally and externally? Internally, I think we're, we're recovering from this. We're doing the best we can to, to hold up these guys now and, and, and our faith. Uh, externally, it's, it's still disappointing. I still shake my head. That there, there are people who just have uh, a lot of uh, access to grind against us, and some real meanness to say. I mean, we were all up there trying to protect human life, to uphold the dignity of all human life, and and some see that as a bad thing. And then I, I don't understand their thinking that if you try to help people, that's bad. You know, you try to keep beating hearts beating, that's bad, and. And I don't understand that. I shake my head at, in concern with our country with that. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people shaking their heads this week, myself included. He is Monsignor Pat Hamborough. He's the pastor at St. Mark Catholic Church in St. Louis, Missouri. Monsignor, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Take care. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Connect with Dan and Amy on the AM560 The Answer mobile app. Just text the word app to 64636 to download the app today.